to the JDUF podcast, where inspiring speakers share their Jewish dream, observation, or vision. I'm Shoshana Boyd-Galfand, founder of JDUF, and our guest today is Tim Franks, a BBC News presenter based in London. Until he became the main evening host of NewsHour, the flagship current affairs program on BBC World Service Radio, Tim Franks was an award-winning foreign correspondent for the BBC. His last posting was to Jerusalem as Middle East correspondent, where he had many opportunities to reflect on his multiple identities as a Jew, as a Brit, and as a journalist. He celebrates the complexities that these identities offer in a JDUP talk entitled The Uncomfortable Jew. I'm going to ask you to do something which I will find intensely discomforting. Look at me. Look at me. What do you see? Pale, narrow, middle-aged man with sloping shoulders? No, what you see is a walking oxymoron. A Jew and a journalist. And not just any old journalist, somebody who writes for the Guardian or the Times or the Jewish Chronicle, somebody who's allowed to have, maybe is paid to have, opinions. Now, I'm a broadcast journalist, and remember in this country, split a broadcast journalist down the middle and you're supposed to have an empty vessel. But hang on, I'm a Jew. I'm a living, breathing, practicing Jew. I, I must have views, I must take sides. Just like the Jewish friend of mine who was being vetted for a senior position at Downing Street, he had to sit there while the security agent clumsily trampled around the question he simply had to ask. If push came to shove and there was a conflict of interests, which side would my friend be on? How uncomfortable. Well, I'm going to invite you to believe this evening that being between a rock and a hard place is actually a great place to be. I'm going to talk about me, but I hope I'm going to get you to think about you. I live in London now, but for many years I was very, very lucky to be uh, a foreign correspondent for the BBC. And towards the end of my time on the road, my foreign editor asked me to be the Middle East correspondent based in Jerusalem. And to be honest, I wasn't that keen. It was a culmination of growing up, reflexively kicking against the assumption among friends, some family, my youth group, that of course everybody accepted Israel was the apotheosis of Jewish self-realization. At the same time, I grew up instinctively bridling when I heard people slag off Israel, the Jewish state. It wasn't just that it was complex. I could do complex. It was all so contested. I just didn't know which way my subconscious would be taking me, not just in how I treated stories, but in what stories I chose to report. Would I be overcompensating? And if so, in which direction? So, brimming with confidence, I took the posting, packing my neuroses into a medium-sized shipping container. And then, 
No stunning intellectual epiphany, I'm afraid. I, I just got fed up. I got fed up of Jews clapping me on the shoulder saying, at last, somebody who can get across our point of view. I got fed up of the friend from school who emailed me out the blue to say how much he could empathise with how torn I was going to be. I got fed up with the in-law who got a... Well, I didn't get fed up with the in-law. I got fed up with the TV executive who wrote to an in-law saying that uh, the only reason I was appointed was... And, and follow me on this one. Um, Ariel Sharon pressured Mark Thompson to get rid of all Aguerin and appoint a Jew. I'm not joking. Uh, I got fed up when I was out in Jerusalem with a senior guy from the UN who uh, I was at a dinner party with, who announced to the assembled company that, of course, everybody knows that the BBC is controlled by three prominent Jews. I guess he didn't realise at the time that I was Jewish, just as the Roman Catholic Director General, Mark Thompson, probably didn't realise he was Jewish. <laughs> and I, I got fed up of some Israelis telling me that anybody who worked for the BBC had to be dancing to the tune of Israel bashing puppet masters in London. So the more attentive among you would have worked out that I got fed up. Um, fortunately, slamming my bedroom door shut for three and a half years wasn't really an option, so instead I, I became the most privileged type of tourist, the wandering Jew. Meeting, seeing, listening, and arriving at a truth about Israel and the Palestinians so gleamingly self-evident it would be utterly condescending of me to share it with you tonight. So, that's the journalism bit. What about the Jew bit? Well, that's also been a bumpy journey. I started off in the equivalent of United Modern Orthodox, where I've ended up in is in reform by visits to Mazorti, to Liberal, to Reconstructionist, and I feel very lucky. Uh, I'm in a shul where the rabbi provokes and confronts and stimulates and nurtures there are also times when I find the liturgy demands a level of concentration and commitment I can find off-putting. I'm also very lucky that we're in a shul where the chasm has the voice of an angel and no ego to match. There are also times when, however beautiful the music is, I can find it awkward. Generally because I've failed to dismantle my own prejudices about how a service should sound. And that's the key bit. We pride ourselves, we stroke ourselves on what an argumentative, intellectual, disputatious lot we Jews are, always sticking our fingers in each other's faces, rolling our eyes with derision, snorting, taking each other down a step or two. Well, I, I, I realise this is physically difficult, if not downright dangerous, but try doing it to yourself, the jabbing the finger and rolling the eyes. Fear the comfortable certainty, because why are we so defensive and so tribal about the way we do Judaism and the way we do Israel? We expect progress in pretty much any other area of our lives that we care to think of. I mean, take football. 
You see footage of, from the 1970s of blokes labouring at just above walking pace around a muddy pitch. Tell me that's better than football now. When the Higgs boson particle was confirmed to exist last year, was that it for our understanding of how the universe functions? Can the final edition of the Book of Science now be published? Would generations of musicians in the 18th and 19th centuries write to ignore J.S. Bach as a bit of a bore? It's ridiculous, isn't it? Yet we tell ourselves that we have a monopoly on truth when it comes to our religion, the Middle East, that the people over there in the third row or the sixth row have nothing to teach us. There is, of course, a danger in all this, that amid all this pendulum swinging and self-criticism, that it, it, it could be a recipe for inaction, that we tell ourselves that, you know, we're being rigorously honest, but actually that we're just sitting on our hands. Well, that's where I'd say that the truly uncomfortable Jew doesn't just sit on their hands, doesn't just wait for the other side, doesn't say, let's, let's wait, let's wait until the other side make a bit more of an effort to understand us, you know, Palestinians, they're not partners for peace. Haredim, like Israel, who you hear from in a minute, bit weird. Settlers, swivel-eyed lunatics, liberals, lazy and smug. Well, maybe it's not like that. Maybe if you challenge yourself over what you really believe in, and then ask yourself, okay, what am I going to do about it? One of my favorite rabbinical tracts, I love saying that because it makes me sound so learned. Um, one of my favorite rabbinical tracts, unusually for rabbinical tracts, I think, um, is written in capitals. And the reason for that is that it was a telegram. It was written by, or dictated by, Abraham Joshua Heschel, a great Orthodox rabbi I've learned a little bit about, um, courtesy of a great Reform rabbi I know. Heschel was a scholar and a thinker, but he was also a man deeply committed to action. And this was his reply uh, 50 years ago to an invitation by President Kennedy to a meeting in the White House on civil rights. President John F. Kennedy, I look forward to privilege of being present at meeting tomorrow, 4 p.m. Likelihood exists that Negro problem will be like the weather. Everybody talks about it, but nobody does anything about it. Please demand of religious leaders personal involvement, not just solemn declaration. We forfeit right to worship God as long as we continue to humiliate Negroes. Church, synagogue have failed. They must repent. Ask of religious leaders to call for national repentance and personal sacrifice. Let religious leaders donate one month's salary towards fund for Negro housing and education. I propose that you, Mr. President, declare state of moral emergency. A martial plan for aid to Negroes is becoming a necessity. 
the hour calls for moral grandeur and spiritual audacity. Amazing. A friend of mine, um, a, a Jewish educator and historian called Jeremy Lees, given one of these talks. He was giving a talk uh, a few months ago, another talk, to uh, a room full of Jews in central London. And he asked them to imagine what a snapshot of them at that point would tell people in a in a hundred, in a thousand years' time, about what animated them as Jewish people in 2013. Well, this hasn't been a photo call for a snapshot, but maybe it is a manifesto. Here's to the uncomfortable Jew. Thank you very much. for listening to this JDove podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. To watch over 100 other talks on video or to download other podcasts, please visit our website at jdove.org.